Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. How am I doing? Much like Shannon's cheeseburger, medium well, bitch. (laughs) New York City is my playground, and this playground is covered in piss. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the fact that you did just use my restroom... (laughs) (laughs) is incredible um that's really the tagline that is the gift that keeps on giving much like i'm sure this episode you guys it's andy's girls it's episode i truly don't even know leave me alone but i'm so excited to have a return guest to the clawfist which maybe i should start calling the people's people's clawfist since i have the people's people's couch and i feel like this is the next (laughs) generation of that um, so welcome back, Bravoholic and writer, whose credits include Vogue, The Cut, Vulture, among many other outlets, Tom Smythe, or as I call him, Tom Smith Smythe. Tom, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Do you remember um, when you came and recorded and I spent like eight hours calling you Tom Smith and then you were like, <laughs> it's actually Smythe? And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, easy mistake. <laughs> I mean... But um, delightful. So when I think of you, and I always think of you fondly, I do think Tom Smith Smythe. I think I've actually called you Tom Smith Smythe. I think that's really mm-hmm. kind I of like, it. thank you. It's like Smith Jared. It, it, it's a little Smith Jared moment, <laughs> yeah. which on the heels of the And Just Like That finale, I mean, there were moments where I was watching some uh, Aiden's acting and I was like, mm. I sort of miss Smith. I miss Smith. Yeah. The hair is just kind of similar. Yes. What did you think? Have you watched the finale? I have, yeah. First thing in the morning, as not to be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about to spoil it for anybody who may or may not have watched. Um, spoiler alert! It happened. What were your? What was your reaction to it? Um, I was. Pre- I'm. I'm pretty much an apologist when it comes to that. Um, show. Yeah, <laughs> I always think of it as the way that um, Martin Scorsese describes Marvel movies as amusement park rides. <laughs> I view and just like that that way I feel like I'm on a roller coaster Mm. and that's the purpose it serves and does it well um I was very happy with the Samantha I was so happy I was I was kind of shocked how long it was that's what I said I thought it was gonna be her picking up because she told us already (laughs) when to watch how long it was (laughs) whatever whatever else she was doing and I thought it was going to be like, hey, Samantha, hey, Carrie, okay, bye. Like, I really thought it was going to be yeah. 25 seconds long. Almost, it could have been almost a shot of her with some sort of audible something and then fade to black and the episode. Like, mm-hmm. I was not expecting, how long was it? So it I was heard, like a minute and 20 seconds. I mean, a minute and 19 yeah. seconds longer than I anticipated exactly. and prayed for. Yeah. So, my God. And we got the Annabelle Brown. Uh, Bronstein, I believe. Annabelle uh, Bronstein, yes. A la shout out Soho House. I mean, who could forget that magical moment (laughs) that Samantha attempted to um, pretend to be someone else's identity so that she could be by the pool. Yeah. I mean, you can't do London. You can't do British accent without referencing that. So it was the perfect bridge between worlds. Yeah. And it felt like 
It was an alternate universe in which Samantha is a part of this show. And it was also an alternate universe in which we could consider Kim and SJP friends. Yeah. And I feel like it. What there was something about it, because I've watched the scene a couple times, there was something about it where I was like, God, I believe both of them so much in this moment. And mm-hmm. Lord only knows what they were thinking. I, I would think Kim particularly probably not thinking of the actor. She's just like so in the mm-hmm. moment in the character. But SJP from an actor perspective and producer perspective, I just felt like there was, I don't know, just so much warmth. And I yeah. know it's like LOL acting, but this was not that kind of situation. Yeah, I feel like the it was like they were acting through their love of like the fans, the, yes. the, like, the fandom in the world. Or there was a picture of her um, direct deposit from HBO on the phone when she kissed it. That's the only other explanation <laughs> as to where that warmth came from. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, unlike Ramona's banking records, we did not inadvertently <laughs> yes. accidentally get a copy of that. But I saw somebody, I don't know if it was a joke or not, but somebody said she got a million dollars for, and it was a couple, it wasn't just, not to say like they got a bargain, but they sort of did. I mean, she was there for, I think, a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I was like, I thought it was going to be more than a million. I mean, they get paid a fucking big ass the three remaining yeah they're making a couple shekels i was genuinely i thought i mean they could have given her you know connecticut and it wouldn't have been (laughs) enough you know like it just i was like oh okay sort of a a deal yeah that must have been shocking to did you see michael patrick king did um an interview with variety about the the finale and they were asking him about it and he was very much like well it happened they did it um you know, that's pretty much all. Like, they, he wouldn't talk about the feeling, like, SJP's feelings or anything. They were like, you know, they showed up, they did the work, and the oh, work is such done. a piece of shit. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I also hate him so much. I don't know what to say about that. I feel like he should be capable of taking a note. He's not the first, mm. you know, producer, writer, whatever, to stand strong in delivering bad. But I just, I'm like... Can you at least pretend? It's so fascinating to hear him talk about this show. Have you? Li- he does a podcast. The Writer's Room? The Writer's Room, yeah. I haven't because I Self-care. love myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I would. I just think I would get so annoyed at them being so proud of doing so little. It's such... It's very interesting to hear. And sometimes they do trick me and and they convince me like yeah no this was the only way they possibly could have done x y and z or whatever and i'm like <laughs> okay it, but it also shouldn't take for, for a t- episode it shouldn't take TV, a podcast yeah it shouldn't yeah. need an explainer of right like, this is why we made it this way this is why it's good it's like telling a joke and then being like so it's funny because did they have that last season too mm-hmm. they did, wow, they, did so like, they knew a, yeah they ne- knew we need they needed backup and they did like a full 40 minutes on that scene of Sarah Jessica throwing up on the street, and it was the most enthralling thing <gasps> oh I've ever listened God, to. Oh my God, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. And I it mean, was like, well, I remember that scene, but the mechanisms weren't working, so she just right. hugged the throw oh, up that stuff. Makes me want to die. And did it herself. Oh God, so manual. gross. It was right, and they were so impressed. Yes. They were like, "This <laughs> yes. is like the the bravest, Any, hardest yeah. thing a person has done." The Revenant. It's her Revenant. (laughs) (laughs) She's finally going to get. Well, she already has the Emmy, so I don't know. Yeah, I didn't read, or maybe I read a part of the variety. I've I read someone else recapping. I think the variety piece because I Mm. think there he was in an interview, or there was an interview where he talked about the fact that like 
Kim is such a great actress that like the kissing the phone wasn't in the script, but she knew yeah. she did that. And that's just like a sign of her performance strength. I thought that was MPK who was the oh, one yeah, might've been. to say it, which I was like, oh, cool that like you're giving her credit. Yeah. I mean, she deserves a lot of it. I know you guys hate each other <laughs> and I hate to say it, but I just continue to be team Kim. I'm, it's my favorite subject. It is, is the my, two of them, yeah. and I need to know everything about it. I'll never yeah. get sick of it. And I want him to be like. I bet he was. I bet he would be an excellent person to get drinks with. Like oh I bet he God, would be. Yeah. I bet he would be like a phenomenal friend, phenomenal person. I like sort of die for him, but I also just have so many <laughs> questions. I have yeah. so many questions about his journey with the second movie, mm-hmm. and he said the Stanford stuff <laughs> was inspired by his trick with Sarah Jessica Parker after the second movie flop because he was so yeah. overwhelmed with like upset about the fact that it wasn't well received which is weird because has he seen that movie (laughs) like did we need to go to japan to have an understanding and i like that he was like sarah jessica was fine she was just on a trip to japan i was the (laughs) one who needed (laughs) like he was like she didn't care it's like well yeah she made failure to launch like it's not (laughs) (laughs) literally this is how much of a trash bag i am i love bad movies i like I like bad movies, sometimes stupid movies. I'm like, eh, neither here nor there. But I do enjoy a bad romantic comedy. And I really almost watched that yesterday because it's on something. It's on like Netflix or Hulu or something. It Uh popped up and I was like, fuck, I haven't seen that in a minute. Terry Bradshaw, I thought was like the best part. Like I really, that movie was bad. It's been, I can't, I don't even know how long. It's been a long time because they hated each other. Much like oh. her movie with Hugh Grant. Uh, not not Terry Bradshaw, but SJP and Matthew McConaughey. I think, oh, I could be wrong, but I think they didn't get along. Similarly, she didn't get along with Hugh Grant when they oh, did whatever movie the Morgan, they did. Yeah, yeah. Right, when they went into witness protection. Of course. Against the script. <laughs> and unfortunately, they were found. Um, listen, I could talk to you about And Just Like That. For, I know, I don't want to. <laughs> no, forever and ever, amen. I do want to talk to you about Orange County. But before that, a little birdie... Um, told me and by little birdie i mean tweet tweet um you just telling me before we started recording that you are going to be recapping salt lake city again for vulture which is so exciting congratulations Thank you. <laughs> highly encourage that anyone who's interested in following regardless of whether or not you're watching salt lake read your recaps because they're always very smart and very funny um but noting that we have salt lake around the corner what was your reaction to the trailer and your expectations for next season um for this upcoming season yeah uh love the trailer i'm hopeful Mm. um you know last season i think season two was one of the all-time great housewives seasons yes and then tough act to follow season three sort of hit some bumps and people you know and um i'm excited that mary's back i think the uh, craziness of Mary and just the mm. things that she says mm-hmm. will do a lot of heavy lifting because I think these shows need that kind of comic relief. Yeah, and even as a friend of, like that might be a, that might turn out to be the perfect um, position for her. So I'm hopeful about that. I'm really interested in this um, newbie and and what she brings. Mm. Uh, and Angie K will be there too. <laughs> Why is Angie K back? I don't know. I if I don't get it. Yeah, I I always say that she to me is Stephanie J Block in character as Cher. 
<laughs> and that's what Angie K is is so giving. inside baseball Broadway. I yes, love it. I <laughs> and love um, it. but yeah, she feels very like she just woke up at all times, like not on. So I'm interested what she brings, but she is not the Angie that I would have imagined mm. getting that promotion. Mm-hmm. But I guess Harrington kind of worked away in a corner and it's tough to come back from. <laughs> but uh, talking about it like it's baseball. <laughs> I mean, the Mary stuff is interesting because I think she was me- if she's meant to be on the show, it's certainly a friend of because, yeah. frankly, I don't think we need any more scenes of her with her husband i think that those interactions and some of just everything i mean the interactions with her i think it was her cousin who's who works for her who she was (laughs) incredibly dismissive and disdainful toward meredith's so you're saying her cousin's a friend of her (laughs) incredible literally incredible um so i think you know if we're going to get her and there's an interest in that kind of zaniness and truly out of nowhere remarks that often do hit the spot, Mm -hmm. then the best position for her is as a friend of. Yeah, like a Kathy Hilton type of. Yes, which, wow, what a credit. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) Kathy's like, what's happening? Um, And, you know, just to get a sense of things, where are you when it comes to like the inner workings of relationships? Like, how do you feel about Heather V. Whitney, for example? Um, and th- Whitney possibly v Lisa, which might be a part of this season. That's true. I'm pretty over um, yeah. the tried and trues of yeah, yeah, yeah. Heather versus Whitney mm-hmm. and Lisa versus Meredith from mm-hmm. last season. I feel like that has just been milked to death. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hopeful that uh, they can take take a note from yeah. both the audience and probably producers and get their shit together and be like, okay, we have to like put this aside or move past it or grow past it. So I think that they will because of just the negative response from the public. I I think that that is the one thing not being liked is the one thing that can make them put their stuff aside. <laughs> yeah. And with um, Meredith and Lisa, do you think that it is possible they could ever really truly repair? I don't know how interested Meredith and maybe Lisa, or they have not seemed interested until now. Do you think that's a possibility? I definitely think it's a possibility because I feel like so much of it is just Meredith's kind of making her, staking her claim. Like she's the one with the hard line. Mm -hmm. And I think that if she decides, I don't know what's behind that decision, but I think if she decides that okay, we can move forward, then they will. Yeah. If she finds a new toy to play with, a new right. feud to have, I, I there's only so much conflict that they can right. all carry. Like, I think they could go pa- get past it. Yeah, and shifting gears a little bit, when it comes to conflict, so much of the reason <laughs> that I love, I can't even say it without laughing, but so genuinely, so much of the reason that I love and stand hashtag I stand for Shan mm-hmm. is because she experiences conflict and so much of it, possibly unbeknownst to her, is internal, <laughs> mm-hmm. which made this season, the season's Orange County phenomenal, but this week's Orange County a literally 
joyous, wonderful, <laughs> deeply, deeply watchable ride mm -hmm. with so much of it, for better or worse, centered on Shan. It was gorgeous to behold. It was gorgeous to behold. She never has a person been put through it more. I know. <laughs> and like you said, so much of it's internal because, I mean, on paper... People have been put through it more, but by the looks of it, you wouldn't know. Like, as far as her response to what's going on, like, yeah. this is the worst thing that has ever happened to anybody. Yeah. And she just take it. What I love about Shannon so much is that she wakes up every day mm. and that day is the first day she's ever been on a reality show. It's and like, maybe the first day she's ever had a day. Yeah, she's she everything looks at is the world new. <laughs> through new eyes, and it's a surprise at every turn, and it's it's wild that someone on a reality show for nine years, we get to watch them discover how a reality show works. It's and we'll do it again next season. That's the beauty of it. It's and I never tire of it. I mean, there's something to be said. I know that Emily did call her Jekyll and Hyde, which was a magical misuse of Jekyll and <laughs> yes. Hyde. But I look at her and I'm like, there is a reason that Archie Bador and Shannon <laughs> chose each other. Because oh, I think they have genuine I mean this genuinely, and mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with Archie Bador. Um, rest may his memory be a blessing. Archie Bador Galley, who preceded um Paul Kinsley. Kinsley Galley. No, no, no. But um <laughs> uh the fish, guys, just so you know, I had a, a fish son who I did introduce to Shannon over oh, Zoom wow. in, in what of one of the most important points of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have video <laughs> of it and she did glow, and I was so proud. Um, but there is something to be said for the fact that like this wonderful, adorable dog is just like constantly running around, living its best life, curious yeah. about everything. And I'm like, you know what? Shanna Bador has Labrador energy. A hundred percent. And I yeah. love that for That's great. I would rather be a Labrador than a poodle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm probably a Shih Tzu, but like I would be, I, I wish for myself Labrador energy Yeah, or Golden Retriever energy rather. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 not a lab. Golden Retriever. Apologies to dog yeah. people everywhere. They're just a, a fantastic combination. I often think back to that time he started to run down the cliff. Oh my God. And the sheer panic in mm. Shanna as she starts running across the yeah. yard is just at her best. I mean, there is also something to be said for the fact that the episode focuses on Emily's work with the Innocence Project. Yes. And the way she clearly talks about the fact that like, you know, it puts life in perspective when you are seeing people who have been punished for crimes they did not commit. And like mm -hmm. her talking in that scene at the boutique with someone who was exonerated after I think over a decade in prison and is was a nurse prior to being convicted for a crime she had nothing to do with and then went to the nursing board and was told, oh, sorry, we don't think you're like reformed or rehabilitated yeah. enough from a crime she didn't commit. So now mm -hmm. she's looking for alternate work instead of the work she studied for, achieved, and had. And you watch these moments of like Emily focusing on this, which I think is so important. Mm -hmm. And then it's like every <laughs> Hard cut. But then it's like every time Emily's like, you know, and these are the it makes you realize how ridiculous some of our <laughs> angst in life is and the things we complain about. And then it's poor Shan because she paid for six people who aren't yep. coming to her fiesta. Yep. And like, why <laughs> am I doing this? And I'm just thinking, oh, Shan, poor sweet Shan. Yeah. Oftentimes also 
accused of crimes she didn't commit. <laughs> well, and also accusing Heather of involvement and activation and seemingly saying you are to blame for me telling you things that you yes. might have a reaction to. You are mm-hmm. supposed to be a vessel of friendship where you may be I don't know, murmur or say, oh my gosh, that's terrible yeah. when I'm telling you upsetting things and then you are not allowed to have any feeling for it after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, how does that work? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um, it's what I was really interested in and I'm against tapping phones, but <laughs> If any phone were to be tapped, oh my god, to hear those drunk phone calls that every Shannon night. has apparently been every night sending out to everybody, yeah. I, the money I would pay that just must be incredible. And the fact that I like how they're like, she says these things and then has zero memory of it. And then yeah. time and time again, we have examples of like, uh-huh. even in the preview for next week, where she's like, I never said anything about CPS. <laughs> I I never. It's like the class. Don't you dare accuse me of something that I said. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. I guess that's how it works. I mean, and I think people. It, it, it there's a difference to me in the ways that a flashback was used to show that Kenya was contradicting herself in saying that she didn't swear to Martell on the most recent Atlanta. With this, I'm like. I understand a person possibly genuinely, genuinely saying, I, d- I didn't swear at you, at least I didn't swear this, and it turns out you did, but you have no memory of it. You just remember maybe like yelling or something. Mm-hmm. Versus Shannon, where it was like <laughs> in a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like not in a heated moment. And while she's always seemingly upwards of being at a 10 when other yeah. people are at a four, I don't know how you don't remember saying that. Because yeah. you were making such a specific point. She, she wasn't like wasted. It was a f- fiesta. But, it was a fiesta, but, but she, she wasn't having be, a siesta. Yeah, exactly. So it was surprising to that we're getting that uh, denial coming up. Yeah. And it was also one of those moments where I'm trying to think to myself, like, why did she say it? Because the flashbacks after the fact, when Gina's talking about, you know, feeling like Shannon will never let go of this. And a part of that is to ensure people remember that she did this great thing. And as a result, won't allow, according to Gina, Gina to heal. And they do that fucking flashback in the car with Heather, where mm-hmm. Shannon's like, I, I was your angel. Like, whatever the <laughs> phrasing was, she was like, I, I was. I mean, I could stop saying it, but I won't because yeah. I like it. And it's like, OK, well, she was being cheeky in that mm-hmm. moment, potentially or yeah. not. But regardless, this does this narrative is working in Gina's favor that Shannon is doing things that upset her um, ostensibly because I guess Shannon doesn't feel like she got enough credit. I don't know. Yeah. And I could definitely even though it could be, you know, brought up in a jokey, cheeky way. I I think that the feelings that Gina had like that's going to annoy. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to annoy her that it keeps coming up. And I think that this is a good culmination of that annoyance being yeah. that now she's weaponizing it versus mm-hmm. just kind of joking about it mm-hmm. as a through line. But um, yeah, honestly, Gina's response to it when Jen told her, I was 
it was kind of calmer than I would have expected. I wonder if she knew about it prior because I watched that a couple times and I was like, something about this makes me feel like this wasn't someone had prepped her. Maybe Jen. Yeah. Or like it was like she was deciding. Yeah. Whether or not to lose her shit. Yeah. Like, is this going to be a TV moment? Is this going to be my arc this season? Is this? Maybe she was just hearing it and then realized, oh, wait, I have to be a housewife. Right. Let me. That's a great point. You know, follow this as a arc. But. That's a great point because the idea or the concept of housewives and sometimes the LOL is that these people are supposed to respond as people inside of the housewives universe. Mm -hmm. But I would think the complication for many of these women is in deciding, do I respond to this according to me, the human person after cameras go down? Mm -hmm. Or do I respond to this as me, the housewife who is expected to ramp things up? Or maybe not. Maybe in moments where you're expected to take it and forgive someone when you want to be like, I don't ever want to talk to you again, except we're in the same cast. Like, how do you handle that in the moment? That has to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I feel like it's such an interesting thing to think about the impact that the show and the cameras and that structure has in, in the way people behave. Like, if you took that all away from a situation, how differently would it play out? And I think it could be, at times, I'm sure it would be the same no matter what. And at times, I feel like it would be night and day different. I mean, if this happened in real time and these women were not on camera, I don't think that Shannon would have continued having a friendship with Gina and I think vice versa as well. Like, I think that Gina got in trouble, got arrested for having a DUI or a DUI or something. What the fuck was that? Yeah. I was like, what, what, how are we making this into a thing? I'd never heard that before. Me neither. I was like joking. I was like, I don't get it. I was like, is that what they call it? And does she not know that it stands for something? Does she think, is she only seen it on paper? I know, right? (laughs) I'm like, what's happening here? In her, like, I guess my own book of words or something that she's (laughs) written and decided how to pronounce. Um, But there is something to be said for the fact that like, this is sort of what happens when you keep women in an environment in which they, and by women, I don't mean only women, but like people, Mm -hmm. these women in an environment in which you're unable to move on from a thing because ordinarily in real life, you just wouldn't talk to them again. Yeah. So how are you able to let things go if the the ability to let things go is like entirely opposite to how maybe their bodies want them to react? Yeah, it's its own ecosystem with its own rules. And yeah. it's like fascinating to think about the reality of it and and consider how consider the impact that the structure of the show has paris is always a good idea and when i schlep on over to europe to my favorite city in the world i bring with me a few important phrases that i have learned from housewives c'est bon c'est bon chic c'est la vie je m'appelle the countess n'est-ce pas luan And while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. 
It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options. And it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorenda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. 
That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Row, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, and also with the CBS of it all, I was trying to like play this out in my head and try to understand what Shannon was saying. And I think, not to make it okay, but I think what she was saying was you're arrested while you're at home with your kids and because her ex-husband, now ex-husband wasn't there, the, yeah. the children would temporarily be taken by an advocate. But then I'm thinking like, wouldn't they just call her then husband or I forget where they, if they had been estranged at that point, I think that they were still married. I genuinely don't remember. Wouldn't they just call him to pick up the kid? Like, I don't, I don't totally understand. Yeah. I didn't fully, like, I feel I like. I don't know the process. Exactly. Too, understandably. Yeah. That's why I think Shannon was probably coming from a place of like, just the question being, and then what would happen to the kids if you're the yeah. one with the kids and you get arrested? Like, question mark, right? Right. But, and then she jumped to her own conclusion, because like us, she also yeah. probably isn't uh, cued into yeah. what the actual protocol would be. But I doubt it would be, because like Gina said, then everyone's kids in Orange County would be in cps when they get their dewey as right. as everyone in orange county does according to gina oh my god that was a moment <laughs> um it does sort of it's kind of like the inverse a little bit of the kathy uh, trigger warning we're about to talk about real housewives of new jersey but the <laughs> kathy wakili Teresa argument about don't go there kath <laughs> <laughs> about who was it was it adriana that, probably the youngest one yeah at the christening mm. at the infamous christening that Kathy took care of Adriana because she was because Adriana was left by herself, which Teresa only and ever received as you're saying I'm a bad parent and put my <laughs> child in danger yes. versus everybody was in danger at that <laughs> point because it was a full on riot. Yeah. I mean, it was like <laughs> not it was a, a tussle that involved dozens of mm. people and seemed to last yeah. hours long. Like <laughs> it wasn't maybe the party that they were expecting. And so Teresa only received that information as like, you're saying I'm a bad mom. You're saying I'm a bad mom. This is not apples. It's not apples to apples. Mm -hmm. It's not oranges to a, a can of, of marinara. But <laughs> yes. like there is something there in mm -hmm. the um, receiving of information, regardless of whether or not you're right, that like you're saying I put my children into an environment that could have been dangerous, unsafe or just um, unknown to them. And mm -hmm. I don't appreciate that. Yeah, 100%. I think anything involving that subject of, I mean, the 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 classic rule is, you know, you don't go after the kids, you right. don't bring the kids into things. And I feel like this is, you know, flirting with that line. Yeah. In a way, if, if things get even too adjacent to that, mm -hmm. I think everyone's uh, reactions are heightened because of that. And there have been so many instances of it that have been like a aggressively 
um, communicated toward wanting to ensure that the person feels bad. And I don't know why, but like lately this week I've been watching, maybe it's because Orange County has been like hitting so hard this season, but I've just been watching like clip packages on YouTube of like crazy moments from Orange County. And Mm -hmm. so much of it is Vicky Gumbleson. (laughs) Oh my God. The Brooks of it all. It is wild to think about all things Brooks, but I was watching these moments and there were so many moments. I mean, Peggy, hundredth housewife saying crazy shit to Megan King Edmonds, (laughs) Kelly Dodd doubling down on saying, crazy shit about Megan filming and doing her job and being a bad mom Mm because she wasn't with her child and then tripling down on that and being like, well, she hurt my feelings, so it's fine. (laughs) I mean, there have been uh, the stuff about Tamara, Tamara's stuff about Alexis and the kids in the pool. They weren't there long. It was like wild. (laughs) Um, But there have been so many instances because people know that is at the core of not only the thing that can be most hurtful to hear, but one of the worst perceptions potentially that a person could assign to someone. The idea that you are a bad parent is, I think, the biggest trigger for many, many, many of, you know, these women yeah and even in new york i'm remembering that um ramona and luann oh my god oh my god like it's wild it's like their version of like break glass in case of emergency like their last ditch like if they really want to hurt someone if Mm -hmm. they really want to go low and like go for go for the throat they know they could pull that card and but if the card's used against them then it's unacceptable inappropriate yeah yeah and with shannon i think she finds herself in this position where she has so much upset but in terms of how she is internalizing and externalizing the core problem here which i think is john it's unfortunate to watch her seemingly blame heather for feeling maybe alarmed with that information. Although what Shannon is saying is not that. What she's saying is, you are using this against me on camera. You are Mm -hmm. making this into a storyline. And I don't believe that what you are saying is real or true or intended in a way that comes from love. And it's like, how do you convince a person otherwise? Yeah. And I think that I, that's part of the reason I'm so glad that they're not afraid to break the fourth wall this yes. season. Oh my God. Love, 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 love. Because so much of the, I'm sick of them dancing around it and mm. us having to like decode what yeah. the feelings really, it is because of that. And I think that with her and Heather, I think what she's getting at is this is a newly repaired friendship with Heather. Right. And she made the mistake of confiding in Heather mm-hmm. off camera. And now that it's coming out, on camera she can say you know see i knew it like you've betrayed me and now i know where we stand for real because almost like i she was testing her yeah um and and now that this happened but at the same time nine seasons in like i said it's a tough mistake to make in in trying to have that line exist between off camera and on camera like even jen who's been there six months is like you can't hide anything in this group like she knows but and even if you don't have anything to hide necessarily someone is going to say that you do and Mm -hmm. with shannon first off 
don't put this in camera. I was like, yes, this can't be in sweetie. The <laughs> second like, she says the it, role of says film. it to camera. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> From like 1996. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, but there, the vibe of you are behaving in a way off camera that is different from on, which is what Emily is telling her, mm-hmm. but also saying Heather is doing stuff. I agree that Heather is doing stuff on camera to fuck with you and Shannon saying, I don't want any of this to be a part of camera, including (laughs) things that I'm going to continue to say, probably without understanding or acknowledging the fact that cameras are still shooting. Maybe she was Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, that camera I said someone should turn off is a camera still being pointed at me, but because I already said the thing out loud, (laughs) it's not going to appear, which is like a mistake that people often make in saying, um, this thing is off the record, mm-hmm. which is, to my understanding, um, something that people often use incorrectly in saying something wild and then being like, it's off the record, which is not mm-hmm. how an agreement happens, or saying um, this thing is off the record and not waiting for a response and then yeah. saying the thing that they intend to be private, which is not how off the record works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like um, Valerie Cherish in the comeback doing her little <laughs> hand motion and being like Jane, Jane, not that don't don't show that Jane, Jane, like that's Shannon in this oh, episode. This is just... the meanest. That's so mean. <laughs> you know why it's mean? This is this is where I become Shannon because I'm like mm-hmm. it's so mean. And when I say it's mean, what I what I mean is it's so true. So I'm like <laughs> this is so mean because that's such a valid comparison. Yeah. That's exactly, I mean, she's... Valerie Cherish, <laughs> but door, no. Like, that's I the one thing. If she was doing the hand motion, the, like, timeout hand motion, it would be... And I'm shocked she hasn't, because she loves using her hands. Oh, my God. But... What's Valerie Cherish's tagline? What's her thing that she's always like, Are not, are we having fun yet? That's, um... That's uh, Party Down. Do you remember what her thing is? I know there are people at home losing their minds. Oh, I will be too once I go home and I remember. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, Valerie Church. Oh, I don't want to see that. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Googled it real quick because I've lost my um, TV card with not remembering that. But there is that, there is that thing of like, I think <laughs> Shannon is Valerie Church both in um, a disinterest or dislike of having the attention on her when she's not in control of the attention and Mm -hmm. also her ability to control it is like wildly ineffective which is why (laughs) she's great tv yeah but also in the idea of fun shan like valerie cherish is also fun shan Uh like i'm having a giggle i'm having fun i'm beaming i understand that everyone is laughing with me i mean it works on a couple different levels, which makes me so sad. <laughs> it's just, I mean, that the thing with Fun Shan that's so interesting, even in this episode alone, we're seeing like two heads of the coin where she can be, if she's anywhere near a bottle of tequila, suddenly it's like party central. She's beaming. She's yeah. like the life of the party. She's got a costume on if she can't like versus total distress and it's like one or the other hardly ever in between oh but we love mrs roper losing her mind oh yes. i mean it when yeah, it yeah. is in between when oh, it is yeah. a combination of the paths. two right yeah, there's yeah. a difference between a combination and uh um uh middle ground mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah but it's it's just so interesting the way that she volleys back and forth between being on the verge of tears and then like giggling and can you imagine being Emily Simpson in that position and and losing your shit because you're saying to this woman, like, 
you don't understand the position you're putting me in by telling me these things off camera and then not no, not only not acknowledging the information that you've shared, but seemingly not understanding when I tell you that you've told me things that that actually happened. Like at the costume party, Emily told her, we talked about this yeah. at Javier's, there is that unbelievably magical, <sighs> theatrical, phenomenal, dramatic moment mm-hmm. where they're just blinking, where Shannon yeah. Ends, like trying to do Morse code of like don't go further but like what happened yeah but then minutes later for us but probably hours later she's saying to Tamara and I haven't spoken to her about it in years since <laughs> 2020 or whatever else and it's like Shannon remember what happened just a couple for us just a couple moments prior we've yeah. received new information normalize maybe changing your idea of history let alone your mind based on new (laughs) information i wonder if sometimes they try to just throw out as many different conflicting narratives as possible hoping to just confuse the editors and and then they're like well i don't think she's thinking that strategically she doesn't know that there's an editing bay at all i think Mm. but yeah it's it's because even with her telling them like this can't be on camera this can't be on camera it's interesting to see them under the impression that that ever might happen like that yeah that ever that the producers might ever be like oh yeah we're not going to use this but there are moments where that does happen i mean seemingly we've gotten instances of that however depressing to think about when it comes to things that happened on camera with vanderpump rules that weren't shown when it comes to the scene with tom and rachel which rachel talked about on her episode with bethany of like yeah i confront i mean she didn't use the word confront but essentially confronted tom on camera and said how can i trust you after you recorded me without my consent and that wasn't included so Mm -hmm. whether or not that starts with the cast member or the network or something certainly there is some sort of i would assume negotiate that happens because at the end of the day production wants and back to orange county production would want these cast members to feel like maybe there is some sort of line. And I know that might be Pollyanna-ish of me. And certainly Shannon did not get her way in this instance. But I would be surprised if that didn't happen more often as concerning Mm -hmm. Shan-level stuff. Um, Yeah, it would make sense why she would present it as an option if it had worked in the past or had there been things in the past that didn't make the cut that she kind of lobbied to not make the cut. So Yeah. yeah, we might just not know the the details of what we've missed out on because we're not you know we don't have an ear on the conversations that are probably happening around the clock between individual housewives and their individual producers of like here's where i am here's where the strategy is and also having an understanding of what they're being coached like Mm -hmm. just so you know this is the perception or just so you know someone hasn't held someone accountable for this or that or like this is the thing that we're recording and maybe if you discuss x y and z there is a direction sometimes that's i would assume implied or inspired by conversations that exist between cast members and people who are really, really focused on what's the story being told, which is why it's always, you know, the use of breaking the fourth wall when used effectively, which typically means rarely, Mm -hmm. is really helpful as a reminder of what the stakes are. And in showing that these women, while we talk about the universe and we use the phrase friend circle instead of cast members or colleagues or employees (laughs) or whatever else, contractors, Mm -hmm. that 
there's an understanding here that I know what could and probably will happen if this is shown on TV. Mm-hmm. And like, that's my line. And sometimes the plot line is on someone saying, I don't want this to be on TV. And that is really interesting to watch. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it used it used to be where it could be a one-on-one conversation yeah. and then they couldn't say like, well, now you've told the cameras. Mm-hmm. So they would just be like, vaguely be say something mm-hmm. like, well, you told everyone or now mm-hmm. everyone knows and now it's, and now they're not doing that dance as much anymore. And they could just say on camera, off camera, public, whatever it might be. But it, it's such a, the way that New York is like the fifth gal on Sex in the City, <laughs> the idea, like the cameras really are an additional mm-hmm. housewife and a lens, a literal lens through which all of their decisions are are made oftentimes. Yeah. And how does it work when there's questions raised about the enjoyment levels of your significant others. Mm-hmm. Because I have to say, it felt like a lot of the conversation around John was leading to the moment that I genuinely thought was a big fucking reveal. I gasped the first time I watched it and the following times, because even though at that point I <laughs> literally knew it was going to happen, it continued to shock me, which is that John, that Shannon told Heather probably others, that John enjoys the limelight and that's likely why he's with her. Some The, oh, the language yes. of that is not um, exact, but mm-hmm. fuck. I thought that was like, because you can talk about, you know, whether or not they're respectful to each other, fighting that they have, bitter conversation, testiness, like confusion about how they're spending time together and mm-hmm. including like does he spend the night like there's all that like which you can discuss but also is he only with me because I'm on TV mm-hmm. and can she admit that she said it and also can she believe that she did yeah especially because it completely counters her entire point about not yeah, wanting to talk privacy, about him and privacy. saying he's a private person he doesn't like this attention yeah. and then heather countering that with this is really interesting and it's also interesting because i don't necessarily think john jansen has star quality in most terms, of them don't yeah that's true but it's like he just sits at dinner quiet most of the time so it is weird yeah. to think about him loving the spotlight in a way that like Jen's boyfriend Ryan clearly does like yeah. he's ha- is a ham he is a literal so, ham yeah it's interesting i don't know where i fall on that but i will say to heather's case the fact that he now that the season's over and they are broken up except they're still hanging out exactly and still getting dinner and still going to that makes me think there is an element of the limelight that he does enjoy and is now getting that way And how much of it, what's the difference between limelight and lifestyle? Because does he like the limelight of being on TV? Does he like the fact that he might be known? And I don't even know if he has an Instagram, but that like potentially people are talking about him at least. And he assumed it would always be good. Or like, does he like the fact that Shannon's lifestyle is substantial because of the salary she's making on Housewives, which is not a small amount. She's making a significant income mm-hmm. for any number of people to um, consider and quantify. And on top of that, we're talking about 
John Jansen wanting to be private. And I'm like, what's the difference in Shannon translating his interest in privacy versus control? Because mm-hmm. to me, seems like he really wants to control what's spoken of about him and his relationship versus he doesn't want to be on camera. Not to say that both of those can't exist at the same time, but to say that I think what Shannon is talking about is like, almost privacy around opinion of him. Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely because if he truly, oh, he doesn't like the attain, doesn't want to be, he wouldn't be doing a one-on-one scene with Shannon that the episode started with where yeah. he's like, so what happened? What's going on? Like, if if he genuinely was private and wanted to be private, he wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> also, not to drag their relationship, but absolutely happy to. <laughs> when they were on the boat and calling each other sweetheart, I was like, oh, you're calling this person a motherfucker right now. Like the, oh, yeah, the yeah. edge to sweetheart and him being like, yada, yada. And I think Eddie made a joke or something. And Shannon was like, it's not, it's not funny. funny. Yeah. Like, and she was dead serious as she often is. <laughs> I mean, there was so much tension in that. And I'm like, can we stop using sweetheart and just swear? Because like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are <laughs> A little bit overboard. of overboard. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. And it's it's unfortunate because Shannon is as Shannon often is, and as she was when David Bedore was the biggest problem in the room. She's so focused on wanting to protect this relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just wish she spent a little bit more time trying to protect herself. And she wouldn't, this is actually. I, th- I don't think true as I say it, but like she wouldn't be in this kind of a spiral if she was dating people who were more supportive of her, except that she probably wouldn't choose to be with those people and mm-hmm. also doesn't know how to support herself. And mm. so maybe she will always find herself in this situation, which often happens. I mean, there are repeated patterns people have and not everyone wants to break them or not everyone wants to do the work to break them. And with Shannon, it's just difficult to see her spiral because of what people might say about her relationship and continually try to normalize it without acknowledging that the things that she has said to these women are like, quote unquote, abnormal. Like, this isn't a normal relationship. If you are paralyzed with fear and concern and fright or upset when you are having quote unquote normal fights with your boyfriend slash partner, Mm -hmm. that should not be normal. If that is Shannon's normal, then people are going to continue to express concern and you're not going to be in control of that, just like you're seemingly not in control of yourself right now. Yeah. Shannon and normal are not words that are often and i love her so much oh you know, same tom smith smith i love her so much <laughs> yeah she's in my top five like she is my one all time like but i'm something that i do really love and appreciate about her is that even mid spiral yeah she is delivering comedic performances oh like my gosh, no she's other. so funny she's so funny she is valerie cherish won oh, an emmy 100 the make-believe yeah, okay yes, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it the fact that she is in tears, yelling on someone on the phone. The way that she yeah. FaceTimes, where she treats it as if it's just an audio call on speaker, 100%. and she just looks into the abyss. Yep. Love. And then her Big Ben ringtone going off. Oh, my God. Incredible. <laughs> and then what I did like at the end of that, 
<laughs> we didn't spend any time on that. And that was a moment. That I'm was, so glad you said yeah. that because I was like, what the fuck? Like, ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> like in the middle of, and she said, I have to get this. <laughs> Someone brought a grandfather clock to oh the my fiesta. God. Um, and then I liked her, uh, at the end of the episode when she made up with Emily and had yeah. that lunch scene. Oh my God. Can't. The fact that she was still going through it. Yeah. But delivers the, oh, what's something low fat on the menu? Oh, the spring salad. Okay, I'll get a cheeseburger <laughs> without missing a breath. And then her reaction to Emily ordering a loaf of bread, <laughs> she looked like a million express, uh, expressions yeah. was just phenomenal work just one of the funniest people on my television i love her so much it's so good and it's she's just always been shannon she has always been shannon she always will be (laughs) and the thing is like we thought she or and by we i mean i guess me thought she was like wound more tightly when we first met her because it was all about like eco and green but like being very very obsessive with that and um not necessarily in control or fighting for control of like her environment, which meant her green environment versus like, <laughs> sweetie, like <laughs> I don't think this relationship is going great for you right now. Yeah. Um, and how much has she changed? I do think she has mellowed in ways, including in mm-hmm. how she thinks of David Bador, their marriage and her relationship with him. Now, I think mm-hmm. that almost a resignation to reality is a vast improvement for Shannon And so I do think that she has grown, Mm -hmm. that we have seen her growth on TV. And um, there are ways in which I genuinely do think that she has mellowed and she's Mm -hmm. not as tightly wound around certain kinds of perceptions of her. But also this whole John thing and the like turtle time, the fact that every this is a thing that Tamra said about her years ago is that Mm -hmm. you're asking for too much from me. I cannot give you what you're looking for in friendship. And it's absolutely not balanced. And the thing is, like, she seems to be calling people every night or like weekly or a couple times a week Mm -hmm. when she's drinking to talk about things, which adds a lot of pressure to her when she's not drinking to stay quiet. It, it, It affects her both nighttime and during the day. And I wonder who she's calling who isn't on the show. Oh, my like God. She everyone. Normal fr- Honestly, give her my phone number. I'll take those oh my calls. God. Can Shannon, you imagine? Literally, oh. I remember when Dorinda, and this came up at a producer's panel from the last BravoCon. I forget which producer, but I can see his face in my head. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, lovely. But he would talked about the fact that, like, Dorinda, he was friends with Dorinda. Dorinda would call him every day, like, 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. or something, and they would talk for an hour every day. And I'm <laughs> like, Shannon, if someone can give her my phone number. Yeah. And I've been to drinks with her. Oh, really? Oh my I God. invited myself after a <laughs> recording of Andy's Girls a couple years ago. Um, my guest said, you know, guess where I'm going? And I said, where? And he named the hotel that Shannon stays with and says, I'm going to drinks with Shannon. And I said, listen, I'm so sorry. I, I never do this. I haven't done it since. I would never do it again unless it's Shannon. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm coming with you to drinks. And it wasn't my drinks thing. And so I just watched her talk. So mm-hmm. it was like myself the guest someone else and shannon the four of us at the plaza for i don't even know how long and i just like had so many questions but none at all i just kind of like watched her like talk (laughs) about things and i was just incredible to be in her presence like it was just it was it was a religious 
Mm-hmm. And I, I went to, I'm a Jew. I went to Central Park and waited for five hours to see the Pope. So it's like, it, what this was, it Comparable. took, it took less than five hours. But this, the Pope mobile was like her chair at yes. so and so hotel. I mean, it was just, she is to me magical. She mm-hmm. is my number one, but also she's falling apart. Yeah. And how much I, of that is why I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I think I saw something where it was like, oh, Shannon's not having a good season. And Shannon's having a terrific season. Oh, 100%. But it's also like... I not mean, for herself. Exactly. From her perspective. But then something was like, well, she never has. Oh, <laughs> like God. That breaks my I heart. Know. I love her. Like, I want her to do well. I do want her to yes, do well. Yeah. Like, she needs, like, a fun... Li- and I th- honestly, I think it could be coming. I think that this cast is so strong. Yes. And they're so settling strong. in. Yes. And I think, hopefully, yes. fingers crossed, she'll be able to take you know, a little bit yes. of a back seat and watch it all unfold. Would love for her to watch. Yeah. We want to see her giggle. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the good thing is, even when she's going through it, we still get to see her giggle. We still get totally. to see the Trace Amigas and all of that good stuff. So. And I think if Heather is back next season, which I really hope for her, but I do not know that that is anywhere near set at all. Uh, yeah. I don't know that that looks great right now. Mm-hmm. Um, And maybe we'll get an idea of that at the orange county panel or whatever depending on who shows up but i mean fuck if it was next season already even though i don't want the season to ever end Mm -hmm. i would assume this is like the you know um the big night like the this is the entree during the meal this is going to be full on heather versus tamra and in that sense i would love to see shannon take a little bit of a step back definitely and just like the pressure's not on you right Mm -hmm. now Maybe you're someone on, like whatever you're doing. Like yeah. it's just I would love to see that take place. But right now we're sort of, I think, building to that by Tamara saying the reason I dislike Heather is because she's not being nice to my friend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I what do you think the third thing Heather was talking about is where she said she wanted she was signing the papers with Terry and she was like oh. I wanted three things, right. one to sell this house, two to buy the LA place, and a third thing that I can't disclose yet. To be back on TV because she doesn't consider this TV? Probably, but she's been talking about that a lot. So, And we saw the Mark Cuban thing where she had that weird... Fireside. That's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's going to thrive. Um, but like, what is this thing unless it's... Talk show? Maybe a talk show. Maybe it's like she has delusions of grandeur of joining Beverly Hills. Better not. Like we need her in Orange yeah, County. No, we we got be... a lot of rich people on Beverly yeah, Hills. We're all set. We, we don't, don't need, need the money. No. I I need my. I need. We need yes. fifty five million dollar houses on Orange County because there's so few of them like mm-hmm. in the world. Like literally, yeah. figuratively. And she's so she is like like we have to be careful with trading. Yes. Spouses here, trading housewives. Truly. Like the Taylor thing <laughs> made sense. She's it did. And she's there. not a full timer. Exactly. And it's we're easing into it. But people are doing a little bit of fan work where it's a little too much. Like, let's take a chill pill. We can't be just throwing these women across the country nilly willy. Yeah. And Heather is so in the bones of OC. Yeah. Like she really is. Like she is. We need elitist energy in Orange County. We need someone to look down on other people. It's wonderful TV. Her going anywhere else, even though on paper, oh, she's a former actress, pilot season, Heather Page Kent, like Beverly Hills might make sense if OC hadn't already happened. I'm I, and I just pause because if if New York hadn't rebooted, she would have made sense in New York, which is oh obvious. yeah because she's yeah, yeah yeah 
like she has that but she's just like has that association now because she's just been so firmly planted in right see that you can't shake it even though on paper something else might seem to make sense it would be like putting Teresa judice in potomac right like it's like which okay. now i want <laughs> yeah that would be they should do an ultimate girls trip season where it's just all of potomac but to, but Teresa like do would love one to see off. it yeah, yeah. would love to see it but uh yeah like i don't I think that would be good for anybody. Yeah. And it's also the fact that like because people have liked the majority of Ultimate Girls Trip, we now want our franchises to be Ultimate Girls Trip. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. We yeah, got that. No. We have eight episodes on Peacock and it's going to be great or not. And we're going to enjoy it there. Yeah. We don't I don't want the franchises to look like Ultimate Girls Trip. And I think that is getting to the argument that Andy had years ago about not wanting to do an all star season because he felt like it was jumping the shark. Like, yeah, then it becomes big brother and i don't want that kind of reality competition series because there's already enough competition as it is in the ways these women maneuver relationships i don't need us to cross cities because then it becomes then it's like what's the narrative here what's the through line and Mm -hmm. why are we adding that kind of mess yeah it becomes too constructed yeah and too self-referential yeah we're constructed enough in just the general sense that it's a reality show that Mm -hmm. it's produced we don't need an added layer of quite literally just hitting shuffle and and seeing what comes out can i circle back to the heather of it all because there was something that i was confused by and i want to get your thoughts which is emily agreeing with shannon that heather is maneuvering things around the scenes and lying when she says that the person who talked about things first was Gina or Emily. Am I first off understanding that argument correctly? And also what are your thoughts on that? I thought it was interesting. I mean, all of that feels more fluid than like linear the way that they're trying to mm. present it. That's because a good point. That's interesting. I do think that Heather easily could be the person smartly pulling the sp- strings mm-hmm. without getting her hands dirty. But at the same time, if Emily wants to make that case, she sort of already confessed to Shannon when she was talking about, like, what you told me at Javier's. Mm. Like, she's sort of already implicated herself, but now she's saying it was Heather who... So it's kind of all very murky to me, and I don't know if I could fully get my head wrapped around what they're trying to outline as as the real course of events. Because my thing is thinking that, like, I get I think Heather's doing a really good job of defending herself. Mm -hmm. And I also understand her in I believe her when she says to Shannon, I wasn't trying to hurt you. But you also have to essentially recognize as many of these women are saying that, like, you are telling us things that we are going to have an opinion about. And as Emily said, like, you're telling me things off camera, it's going to influence the ways that I behave and the ways I speak about your relationship on camera. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that, all of these women seem to be saying I am not shit talking you to stir up plot, or at least that might be the uh, effect of this. But the intent is to talk about concern that we have about your relationship, which you initiated repeatedly. Like, we don't know how many times she called these people. We don't know exactly what, who she told what, but, uh, but them talking amongst themselves and being like, she said this, oh, she said this, I'm concerned you know, about the relationship because the person in the relationship told me they were concerned. Mm -hmm. It would, you would be a bad friend to me 
to not discuss that in any way. And it puts so much pressure on the person. It's like, you're just the person I'm going to share all this insider information about, which I'm telling you in a way that shows that I'm nervous about where this relationship is going or I don't feel confident about or whatever else, but then you can never talk about it again. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it's such a weird way that this kind of got And that it's Heather's us. fault. Yeah, right? and honestly, who's really getting away scot-free is Tamara. Oh my God, 100%. Because... 100%. <laughs> this wouldn't be a, yep. a storyline yep. if Tamara didn't bring it mm-hmm. to Shannon. It would just be murmurs and yeah. like suggestions yep. that didn't have any weight behind it and would probably just get cut around because there was no through line and Tamara was the one who brought it to the table mm-hmm. w- with a very clear th- structure to it yeah. and then kind of set Shannon off. I saw um someone tweeted something about the Streisand effect and how I talked about that on AJ. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And But I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But uh like that i just keep thinking of that because i'm like and thank god these women don't know about about that and don't know that if they literally just if shannon was like whatever and didn't say another word nothing would come of it they would probably edit around it because there was, it was a dead end right and she'd be golden but since they don't do that they everybody feeds it in a way that it's just becomes this whole new thing. And can you give a little clarity background on the Streisand effect? Oh, yeah. So it's, um, I believe the the background of it is uh, some entity was taking photographs along. I think it was like was an it, environmental. Malibu? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so of all of the-, the Aerial ma- shots. Yes, of the coastline. And one of the houses along that happened to be Barbara Streisand's house. And she- uh, made a legal stink about it essentially and was like you can't you know she wanted to fight it you can't take a photograph of the house and the thing is nobody would have known right oh this is barbara's house had she not drawn attention to it right. herself by saying hey don't do this like if she just let it be nobody would have blinked nobody would, and now it's a legal term of which any wikipedia entry anything is a photo of her house yeah, it's don't look up. Yes. It's like the idea that I don't want any attention on uh, I don't want any attention on this and so as a result I'm going to get a lot of attention about me not wanting attention. Mm-hmm. So it's it is the lesson that Shannon may not understand or maybe she does. Like maybe in that moment she's just thinking I have a relationship with these people on the team. If I'm saying I don't want this recorded, Maybe that's happened before. Maybe they have an understanding that I'm saying cut. Like yeah. at a certain point, if we're, you know, video recording a person's life, <laughs> that person could say, I need a break. And yeah. I'm sure that happens any number of times. It just wasn't not this not time. happening here. <laughs> no. There was a moment that I transcribed from her um, conversation confessional with Heather because I thought it was so interesting mm. where she was like, Heather sent me a threat over text and the way that Shannon was like dramatically reading it and being like this is the threat like she's like pausing like and, uh-huh. and just so you know this is where the threat is coming and I thought to myself Sarah you need to write this down mm-hmm. and so this is the te- the th- the threat according to Shannon <laughs> that Heather texted her um in apologizing for talking about 
her mm-hmm. relationship with John. So Heather said, I know you must be so upset and I'm so sorry for anything I did to contribute to that. I've said this repeatedly that this is your story to tell. And I was afraid if you didn't deal with it, it would get told in a way you didn't like. Versus what she said on camera previously, which was a threat. Mm -hmm. If you ever come after me or my family ever again, you are going to lose a lot more than just my friendship. Talk about a ringtone. (laughs) That's Heather Page Kent. That's the actress. That's that's Heather Page Kent. She missed her calling in soaps, I think. She was doing all these pilots that never aired, but she should have been on Melrose. <laughs> I mean, I think her counter Just, would be I'm on I'm one on now. My, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, though certainly she would appreciate and value a script over mm-hmm. likely her role on Housewives. <laughs> yes. Um, I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your kind of thinking on Shannon's interpretation of this? If um, any. Threat wouldn't have come to mind for me yeah. based on that especially when you pair it with what she had said last season which, which was, was a threat yeah that was like a very clear <laughs> it was very clear i'm gonna bankrupt delivered. you yes uh, <laughs> certainly rehearsed threat, yeah but i do love that shannon saw it as such i do love that shannon yeah. was like i'm being th- i'm being threatened that, i'm being threatened with the truth yes that's daniel stop is by a threat <laughs> Is that a threat? Bye. <laughs> oh God, that woman. Um, yeah, I, I, poor, poor Shan. She finds herself in this. I mean, listen, it's like if you put on, you know, rose-colored glasses, and those mm-hmm. rose-colored glasses are actually red, and you believe that this person is acting counter to your best interests and is using your life to fuck with you, or is, um, not respecting the boundaries that you seemingly, I guess, have set regardless Mm -hmm. of whether you said I don't want you to talk about this on camera that like her feeling is that there are things that they know about each other that they don't discuss like Mm -hmm. Shannon is going to believe according to the idea that Heather is trying is out to get her yeah and I feel like they probably all have their own unspoken rules of engagement of course in terms of off camera, on camera. Yeah. And that's where this is all stemming from is they all have different expectations and different Mm. ideas about what is on and off limits. And it's just coming to a head with this. And the problem for Shannon is that like talking about your relationship is not off limits. It could be off limits when it comes to friendships with these women and Mm -hmm. trusting these women. Certainly for Shannon, this is off limits to criticize critique or say things that might be derogatory about john shannon would consider off limits but they're not off limits from her own behavior and and i i guess that's true of any number of people that we have the idea of boundaries for friends and talking about our lives that we don't have in talking about our lives which is how we're able to talk about them like Mm -hmm. you should be able to vent to a person it's just that shannon has established this history of behavior that she doesn't remember. And when Shannon tells us she doesn't remember something, it's different from Dorinda, who remembers it. She just vehemently disagrees with the fact that people could be upset and thinks that (laughs) when she's a piece of shit, when she's drunk, they're just being dramatic in Mm -hmm. talking about it after after the fact. And then she'll probably attack them when she's not had a cocktail. (laughs) So like versus this, where I do think Shannon doesn't remember the details of what she said maybe she doesn't remember making the call which is concerning to me mm-hmm. especially if this is a pattern of behavior but 
it's like with Shannon, because I love her so much. Mm -hmm. It's like I do think she has not necessarily with the Gina stuff entirely because she's a complicated person. But like I do think oftentimes she does have the best intentions with people. It just she she works as she's such a contradiction when it comes to like how to treat her well mm -hmm. as a friend because it's like you're not a friend to yourself. So yeah. this is tough. Yeah. And I think so much of it is just her idea that the wall she puts up between on and off camera mm. and any challenge to that wall, anybody hopping over it to bring this up now is like, doesn't register with her because she's like, that's not whatever you're talking about, whatever you're accusing me of saying about John is not applicable right now because we're in the on camera world and mm. that was the off camera world and these do not intersect. Yeah, she's building a wall, but it's like in a hole. Oh, yeah. So it's like <laughs> you can still build this thing, but yeah. people aren't going to see it for a minute. Yeah, it's an invisible fence that only she has the collar on and nobody Archie else Bedore. does. Yes, exactly. I mean, listen, it all goes back to Archie yep. Bedore at the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, this is it's exceptional television. I have to say yeah. that I think the vast majority, obviously, people are going to have a spectrum of opinions, but the vast majority of opinions that I have seen, regardless of how you feel about Shannon in particular, or Gina or Emily or Heather, is that this is really, really fantastic television. Mm -hmm. And I am so thankful that we really focused on it for aside from it, just like that, for <laughs> yes. the entirety of this episode, because I think it deserves it. And it's one of those things where we could, and I would love to just continue talking about it for hours, because there's just so much to unpack yeah. and that so often is not the case that it's like mm -hmm. there is the possibility to enjoy an episode and it's just pure enjoyment and that's all fine and good it's just there's so much value i think in talking about what's happening because it's to me just personally selfishly it's just interesting to watch yeah. it, it to me is very very interesting television and it's a lot of fun yeah and it's what's happening in front of us on TV, but there's so much happening internally with all of these characters yes. behind their, in their minds yeah. that needs to be delved into. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like at the end of the day, leave it all on the floor. And mm -hmm. what annoys me is when it, and this happens, um, happens a lot on New Jersey, um, on Potomac, on Beverly Hills, if Rin is in the cast, where it's like so much of the drama then is focused on what's going on on social media, which oh, is, yeah. which should be uh, used to support the episodes that air, but sometimes it eclipses what's happening on TV, especially yeah. if what's on TV isn't that great. Mm -hmm. And with Orange County right now, it's like, yeah, I know that Shannon and Gina have been bitchy to each other on social. And like, mm -hmm. that's something that's been discussed uh, certainly on the AG Patreon with Ryan Houlihan recently, but like that is not the story here. We are yeah. getting, we are well fed mm -hmm. by watching what's happening on TV right now. Yeah. And the cast doesn't seem to be feeling like they need to contribute on social aside from like posting filming photos and being like, watch us on whatever day this airs yeah. at whatever time. Like that's the kind of stuff that I want. I want social and, and maybe what you're saying on watch what happens live or whatever else to be supplements. I mm -hmm. don't want that to be the entirety of the nosh. Yeah. And I think the only reason we're getting that Shannon Gina thing is because Gina realized she's had a quiet season and is like, you think that's it? I think Gina's genuinely hurt. 
I think she's looking. Be. She's looking for insults that she believes that Shannon made, uh-huh. and I, I, I'm not saying she's wrong. Yeah, but I think I don't know that it's just about quiet. You think it's about quiet? I could that, be wrong. That was my first thought. I mean, it, it definitely could be that. My first thought was, and it was probably in part because there were a couple episodes where Gina really wasn't in the thick of it at all. Like she mm. was making her ragu with her expanded family in the park and just doing her own thing, and I was like. She's flirting with irrelevancy a little bit. And I like her. You're saying her studying for her real estate exam (laughs) is not giving you what you need dramatically? How dare. If she were to sell Heather Dubrow's house, I would like to see that. I want to see I want to see Gina. I want to see Gina like kill it in real estate, but that does not make a housewife. Exactly. Um (laughs) million dollar listing OC. I don't see it. A hundred thousand dollar listing OC. Um, 50k mortgage <laughs> yes. Orange County yeah I Selling love it casino. I love it um, but yeah I don't know I feel like she had a, some quiet episodes and mm. she might have been getting antsy watching it back and realizing okay I'm not really in the thick of it as much as mm-hmm. I should be to feel comfortable let me kind of start something kind of randomly yeah on social media but it also could be from like a real place as well oh my god <laughs> Honestly, it's just so interesting. I just find it all so interesting. And there's so many conversations that are happening in the Bravo universe and about things that we're watching on TV, about things um, relating to maybe reconsidering our um, earlier opinions about that or talking about our reactions or talking about the actual environment that reality TV is made in Mm -hmm. and there's something to be said for continuing to have those conversations, which is important, but also like, fuck. I mean, Orange County's just killing it. It's so good. It's so and who good. Who would have thought? Who would have thought we had been? Who would have thought yeah. Tom Smith Smythe? Who would have thought? <laughs> we really have been through it with Orange County for quite some time. My God. And now they've championed us. And it's so interesting having. I mean, right now, I feel like New York and Orange County are really delivering. And it's two vastly different things because you have one that's sort of going back to its roots, bringing Mm -hmm. back Heather and Tamara and Vicky and Mm -hmm. focusing on Shannon versus New York, which is all new, scrapping everything. So it's like two paths diverge in the woods. And (laughs) luckily, both are great. Both are great paths. (laughs) Yeah. And it also is like, you know, because... Um, a lot of people like New York. Now we're going to really throw around reboot around franchises that might not be having good seasons, which yeah. might deserve to have a reboot. Mm-hmm. Not saying that's not wrong, but also look at Orange County. Look at what just happened over the course of, I would think, two seasons, yeah. the last two seasons, 100%. last season leading to this. I mean, the turnaround and how I feel about some of these people, how I feel about them being on the show. I think Vicky is chef's kiss as a friend. I think Perfect. she will never do better at this point to me, at least not for the near future, in a full-time role. Like, yeah. I, I mean, she won't do better as a full-timer than what she's doing as a friend. Yeah, I think it's the perfect spot for her. Totally. Especially now versus her as a friend in, like, season 14 where she was sour grapes a little bit. Yeah. And angry. <laughs> a now, little. Yeah, a little. little screaming at the cameraman. <laughs> Get out. Um, oh, God, that needs to be on my Christmas card. But, yeah. Um, versus now where she's a friend of who's, like, the fun aunt. Mm. And I feel like that's perfect for her where she could just come in party give everyone shots yeah dip out honestly and be like i don't want to wear a costume because i'm me yes queen (laughs) do that and then also we don't need 
much more of you. Like mm-hmm. we get it that you're Vicky. And frankly, that's that's enough. Like yeah. just we're just getting some stuff and like Trace Amigos back together. Great. Them mm-hmm. going on tour, God bless. Would I go to a show if it was in New York? Yes. Would I pay <laughs> the prices that they're charging? A hundred percent I would not. But <laughs> it's like there there's energy that we can still have. They can still have that reunion, but I don't think it means that Vicky should be back full time. And mm-hmm. I think if you asked Vicky, I think she's just a little calmer about being back as a friend of because it doesn't feel like as much of an insult as it did. Yeah. Now it's she's asked back. Now right. she's now it's a good thing versus right. getting demoted. So it's a step up instead of a step down. And I feel like that makes a monumental difference in what we're getting from her. Yeah. And I don't think that she without knowing literally anything about it, I doubt that she looks at Jen as competition. I think that <laughs> no. like versus yes. like the women prior, but maybe it was less competition and more of an insult of like Dr. Jen or like whoever it yes. was at that point. Brown like, wind. I mean, oh God, we can never re- <laughs> we can never return. Um, but it it is somewhat miraculous to see the ways that Orange County felt unwatchable in many ways actually because of also the social media around it and yeah. the fact that it was too toxic and then there were things happening that were unrelated to the storyline that was affecting interest in the storyline and now it's like fuck it's just really we deserve this we didn't know some of us didn't know this was possible as i raise my hand spiritually Mm -hmm. because i'm not literally (laughs) doing that um and god bless i mean shannon is the gift that keeps on giving and i could talk about her forever because i think she is constantly sort of changing the conversation, even if it feels like at certain points we're on the same path. Mm-hmm. Um, and what could you want in a housewife? Doesn't mean you have to love her because I love her enough for both of us. So <laughs> exactly. there we are. Tom Smith Smythe, listen, we're recording in the office. I always love, it does always warm my um, sweet little heart when a guest is able to record in person because I just think it's mm-hmm. more fun. Definitely. And I actually also think it impacts the experience for listeners. So I'm so thankful that you made the schlep. And also... Looking at the Clawfist, you know I love your work as the creator and artiste (laughs) behind Milk and Don't Call Me Honey. And one of your framed pieces, of which I have a few, is the um, illustration that you did of Kim Kardashian with the typography, not bad for a girl with no talent. (laughs) And if that is not the through line of the big cloth of it all, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm just... So your work is so funny, but it's <laughs> also you. like great. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's not just sometimes with merch, not just in the Bravo universe where it's like, yeah, we get it. It's a joke, but it's like not necessarily the greatest to like look at, but it's a joke. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually great to look at. Like oh, this you. is uh, we're both staring at it, um, which I'm sure is in no way uncomfortable for you. Um, but I highly encourage that people go to your shop, especially if, you know, if you're going to BravoCon, if you're not going to BravoCon, believe it or not, allegedly the holiday season is coming up. And I've these, heard. yes, and it's <laughs> price friendly um, works of art that genuinely are very cheeky and very funny. And I do have Lisa Renna were you doing coke in the bathroom? Was that the direct yep. quote? Yeah, yeah. Um, in my bathroom, <laughs> which is where um, it should reside. It mm-hmm. is a place of honor. It is the 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 true throne for Lisa Rinna and <laughs> a toilet. <laughs> I love that journey for her. <laughs> yes. Um, can you tell the AGs where they can follow you on social? Read your pieces. You're constantly writing. Hashtag writer girl. Incredible <laughs> stuff. Um, where they can follow you? Read your work and buy it too. Um, yeah. So the milk and don't milk and don't call me honey. Um, Instagram, uh, that's the username, and the Etsy shop is linked there. And then uh, my personal social media is Tom underscore Smythe underscore on Twitter and Instagram. 
Um, and so anything I write is pretty much shared there. This season, I'm going to be doing uh, the recaps of uh, Salt Lake City for Vulture. So that'll be fun. Um, and yeah, follow me there. <laughs> I love it. And guys, while you're doing a follow, follow me on Instagram and allegedly threads at Dame Galley. And there <laughs> is going to be that Satchel Spectacular I have been promising coming up this week, which will be up this weekend, unpacking many of your very interesting satchels of gold about all things Bethany and Rachel. Um, so listen to that episode when it goes up this weekend at the Andy's Girls Patreon, number one way to support the pod. $2 a month gets you my love and thanks. $5 a month is where the bonus apps kick in. You get two bonus episodes a month. $10 gets you four episodes a month. And there's also a premium tier where you can record a episode with yours truly, Sarah G over here for the Patreon, or just have a private conversation. You get to decide whether or not, um, you know, you want it to be a little bit of a moment <laughs> between us and a moment between us and a couple <laughs> others. Um, so listen to that upcoming Satchel Spectacular and continue to send me your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clorn Ben Simone, which you can do on Instagram. Um, and I love to hear them. And by hear them, I mean read them because I don't do voice <laughs> notes. Um, but I love to to read your thoughts. So keep them coming about Bethany Rach or Orange County or New York or Atlanta or the um, Salt Lake City, Michigas of it all. I'm so mm. excited to read your uh, recaps coming up and fingers crossed for a solid season. But regardless, you know, let us hold hands in prayerful celebration for what Orange <laughs> County hath delivered. Yes. Um, on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening and being AGs and being a part of this dialogue. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>